Hey, Jerome. Hey, girl. How's it going? Oh, I'm missing you, Tail. It's been I, a minute. I know. I, that's so funny. I was just thinking that it's been a minute. And even though we talk on Tuesdays, we do these recordings for the podcast via Zoom. So I get to see you, which it feels like, yeah, it's been a while. So I'm yes. happy to see your face. Good to see yours too. Class of 2002. We're so young. <laughs> it's 2002, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I get to see you in real live person in a few weeks. Which yes. Is also super exciting. Are you going to run the, the Tim Maller with me? <laughs> I am definitely going to do it once. I will assess my feeling on the second time. I've already been nervous about it. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that Jerome makes us do this mountain trail hike run oh, um, yeah. that takes like three or four hours. Yes. Um, we do yes. it twice. So no, once it, it didn't take three or four hours. Yes, it does. Laura. It does not take three or four hours. Okay, three for sure. Three. I bet you 20 bucks. It does not take that long. Well, anyway, it's a long way. It's a lot of elevation. And it is, uh, and Jerome's got super long legs and <laughs> moves fast. And I don't. No, no, I don't move fast. I do move steadfastly, though. That it's is true very steady pace. That's right. And I love it. And I love sharing it with you. And you know, what makes it take so long is pictures. Gotta stop all those damn pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll see how I'm feeling by the time I get there. I have been a little nervous about it though. Like, I don't know if I'm up for it. Well, there's that other thing I want to do down at Ute Mountain in the Sundance Resort that day hike down there that's like they say that it's like a seven hour hike um but the, if the pass is open i guess on the north side of the mountain mm -hmm. uh because it was still ice so it just you know they were discouraging us to do it the last time because um uh it was still iced at the well, top it has been hot at least it's been hot in Salt Lake already, so I bet okay. it'll be open. Um, cool. Well, I'm excited to see you and happy to see you today. Um, we have got a really interesting book we're bringing to you today. It is called The Courage to be Disliked. Um, it's by two Japanese authors, Ichiro Kishimi and Fumitake Koga. And the subhead, as we've said before, these nonfiction books always have subheads. The subhead is the Japanese phenomenon that shows you how to change your life and achieve real happiness. And as my husband, Rob said, he said, it's, it's like your perfect algorithm picked that subhead, like that hits everything that you're, you're interested in. Um, he knows you. He knows me. Um, and I, this book is, it's, it's a very interesting construction. It's, it's kind of a Socratic method type book. It's like a conversation between a philosopher and a student that, that's called youth. So it's just philosopher youth is how it's set up. And it's like a dialogue between them, kind of like a student sitting at the feet of a, of a teacher. And um, 
a lot of people, when I was reading reviews, a lot of people found that super annoying that way. I find it kind of charming and, and get it, get what they're trying to do. But the bottom line of what, what this is, is these authors have taken, um, what I've come to learn is Adlerian psychology and Jerome, you're the psychologist. So you can maybe talk about, um, Adler and what his contribution to the world of psychology was Alfred Adler. Do you know much about him? Did you study him? Adler really appealed to me early on in my training because he stuck out as this guy that focused on how inferiority is the 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 base or the foundation or uh, the core of people's psychopathology. And I was just thought like, wow, yeah, if you, you know, if you are handicapped in some regard or an invalid in some regard, whatever your perception may be of that handicap um, or being such, then um, that will dictate, you know, how you go about relating to the world yeah. and, um, and how much compensation you will um, do, you know, to uh, uh, how much you'll spend, how much time you spend compensating for those handicaps. And um, yeah, I, I, I dig that part of Adler. But he's also got this very, uh, this other side, a very generous side of like, you know, taking your head out of your tail type mindset, no navel gazing as far as Adler is concerned. It's like, what do you do? Um, what are you doing? Your measure of success is what you've done for your brethren. Mm. What yeah, are you doing for your brethren? Well, it's funny when I was reading about Adler and kind of doing the research on this book, I mean, that first thing I thought of was you in the way you practice psychology, because, well, I'll read just this little piece of like his, his philosophy it was no matter what has occurred in your life up to this point, it should have no bearing at all on how you live your life from now on. Your past does not determine your future. What you do right now in this instant is what matters. And I think about, you know, the stories that you tell me about how you work in your practice, not that you don't talk to your patients about their past and, right. but that isn't where you dwell for sure. Right. Right. And I probably miss a lot of information. Um, and, uh, however, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot before them. I mean, you know, being a strengths based psychologist, um, works for me and it works for, uh, a lot of folk and that I've worked with. And of course, too, again, like I said, I, I, I own up, I, I probably miss a lot of information that would, you know, uh, further allow somebody to know who they are. Mm. And that's, you know, you don't get that metacognition without also knowing, you know, knowing thyself. Right. It, yeah, but it's one thing to know yourself and kind of move on today right. and know yourself and dwell on that. Right, right, you right, would say. right. And 
Um, there's something else about Adler uh, that. Well, we'll go ahead. Go ahead. Keep talking about the book. And can I say something about the Socratic? Yeah. Um, well, uh, method. It's it brings up this story. This teacher was telling me that she was doing future scholars, uh, a summer program for uh, young scholars, and it was disadvantaged children. Mm-hmm. And she said that uh, they read the book and then they did a Socratic circle, and she didn't really know if they grasped the the, uh, the concept until like later in the week. She heard them saying, why are you being Socratic on me? I'm not trying to go Socratic on you. you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, they got it. They got I'm not it. Socratic up on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Isn't that great? <laughs> well, you know, as, as all of the books we read for the show, this is not a book for kids, um, but we try to do, we try to find the, the message that is applicable to kids and that might help them along their way. And there's just so much in here. I mean, the the reason this book appealed to me when I got it, I got it like a year ago and just got around to it finally. And I mean, The Courage to be Disliked is such a, a provocative title. And, and I really do. And so there's a lot more to the book than that. But it is kind of this core principle of, um, of like, you kind of have to not care about what others think of you in order to live your truest and best self. And in thinking about this over the past couple of days, as we prepared for the podcast, one morning I went running just yesterday or day before, and there was this father and his little girl running toward me and she was probably five or six and they were holding hands running, which was adorable anyway, because they were like really running. It wasn't just for fun. They were really running. And then the little girl, right as she was passing me, waved her hand and just yelled out to me, hi. <laughs> and I was and I was so touched by it. And yes. like, of course, said hi back. And I was like, but that is this tiny little example of that does take courage to say hi first. I think we've talked about that before, but Mm -hmm. she took the, she had the courage to take the chance that I could have not responded. Mm -hmm. She didn't care. Like she just wanted to say hi, that's her nature. And so she took the chance to say hi to a a grown up who was obviously running and busy. And, um, and I, I, that's a tiny little example, but I did admire her for that. Like she, she had the courage to be disliked or kind of dissed by me, a, a busy grown up. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it just made me think of think of this book and kind of think of this whole idea of, and we've talked about this before, like, especially with adolescence, which is my frame of reference, having a now 14 year old, is um, this feeling of always worrying about what people are thinking, where do you fit in the hierarchy? If, if there's a way to let go of that, it just makes your life easier and happier. Laura, you know, that's the, just the title in and of itself was um, when you applied to adolescence, I was thinking like, in order to feel safe in your own um, skin, 
you have to feel um, connected. It's sort of like in order to self-regulate, you have to co-regulate according to polyvagal theory. But, you know, if I'm not connected to my tribe, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to have that the, the quality of intrapersonal connection that would allow me to soar either. And so when you start talking about kids, you know, being courageous and, and having the courage to be disliked, that is just very fascinating to me because I just think it's so difficult to, um, they already feel, you know, uh, insecure. And so yeah. it's like, you know, furthering, further deepening their insecurity when you take a chance at not being liked by your tribe. I just think it's some heavy, interesting stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it is one of those things that like many of the things that we talk about, it may not be applicable to a kid's life right now based on where they are in development. But I think the seeds are good to plant. Like Mm -hmm. the more as you grow and the more you become independent, keeping this in mind that not getting your, your, um, not seeking approval from others Mm-hmm. always as the way to make yourself happy, not feeling like you need to get the the awards and not looking for that approval from outside yourself is, I think, a very valuable lesson, even if it's not. Man, if I had kids, I would want them to thoroughly understand that the reward system lies on the inside. It's, yeah. it's on the inside, you know, resilience and know that your reward system's on the inside. You yeah. feel it inside of you, not, you know, based on what's going on on the outside. But, but still, feeling connected to your parents um, allows you to feel safe in your own skin. And, right. um, and so if you decide to, you know, um, I was just thinking, like, how, like... Uh, you're not supposed to snitch, you know, you're not supposed to let anybody, um, um, you know, you're not supposed to turn anybody in, uh, another adolescence or tell on anybody. And, and, um, I guess there's a dark side to that. Uh, if you stepped up and turned somebody in, um, that had done something that cheated on a test, uh, man, that really does make you unpopular. <laughs> yeah. And how yeah. do you handle that? You know, how do you, I don't know if you had a kid, if, I mean, what would you tell Nora about the honor code and her role in managing the honor code? Well, I, that is super hard because I am, according to the Enneagram, <laughs> a number nine, which means Uh I'm a peacemaker, which Uh means it's very hard for me to stir up trouble on either side of things. So I'm very, I'm a very bad uh, judge of what to do in that situation. Right, right, right. Although we just, go ahead. Well, I mean, just even having the conversation though, I guess is, 
you know, um, you remember those twins, Nora and Zora um, ligament lig- that there were. These- oh, from our school. Yeah, from high yeah. school. Oh. And, Jude, and Judy Wynn. And one time I wanted to cheat off of them. And they were so honor code people. I think they told I, that I just wanted to cheat off of them. I didn't even get to cheat off of them. Yeah. But so they were did- you mad at them? Um, I don't think I probably got mad. I just didn't probably was more like, Wow, like that's so uncool. Like you I can't believe you won't let me cheat off of you. Like, what's wrong with you? I thought it must have been something wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you obviously are are uh in the in the parlance of this book, putting yourself in the center of the universe in that scenario. <laughs> Bless their heart. Like they they don't even want to share. <laughs> Well, I did see, you know, again, studying or kind of getting ready for this talk. I was on Twitter and somebody retweeted a quote from Glennon Doyle's great book, Untamed. We haven't, have we done that book on the podcast? No. I don't think so. Um, a hugely popular book. Um, but the, the quote is from her book, Untamed, is your job throughout your entire life is to disappoint as many people as it takes to avoid disappointing yourself. Mm. And I loved that quote. I think that's worth a podcast on its own, but I do, Mm. it kind of fits into this whole thing of like the courage to be disliked is like just kind of sucking it up and like being true to yourself rather than seeing yourself through the, the lens, the eyes of others. I had a friend in town last week and she had a, there was a wonderful dinner party in her honor and I was invited and, you know, I'm Mr. Dinner Party, but I had, I was, I'd gone, I had seen a lot of people. um, I'd seen 40 plus patients. And on Friday, my own therapy is to go on a long run where there's 90 minutes or two hours, you know, a trot at five. I call it Friday at five. I'm the last patient of the week. And, um, and on that run, I decided to let my friend know that I was just going to hug and go. And that was all I had in me. And, um, I was going to show up, but I was only going to hug and go. And, um, but, and, and that's not cool, you know, <laughs> to me. Um, but I was willing to, um, to do that for myself. And I think that's the kind of thing that if you have a 14 year old that, you know, it's just like you give what you can give without uh, helping them conjure up a lie for you. Um, and say, you know, it's just like you modeled those behaviors that this is all I've got and this is all I'm given. And if it's unpopular, um, then I'll have to suffer those consequences. But, you know, it's, it helps me maintain my sense of sanity and integrity. Yeah. I I think that's, and knowing you as as you said, you're Mr. Dinner Party. <laughs> that is 
I can't, it still kind of boggles my mind that you skipped Robin's dinner party. Cause I, I know it boggles my she's mind. Mrs. Dinner party. Like, Oh, the I two know of she- you are like rocket fuel for each other. Oh, and I showed up and I, I didn't know it was going to be th- that many people and everybody was beautiful and artsy and white and interesting. <laughs> and there was like cheese and man, I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not spent because I had done yeah. the same thing the night before. Yeah. And yeah. I just wanted to. You had to, a busy social week last week. Yeah. But I know a lot of parents, you know, model for their kids how to be duplicitous in those kind of situations. Mm-hmm. And that's where they learn it, you know. And, you know, it's just like you don't have the. To go to that point of Glenn and Dole's that 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 title the what is it um, the quote you know you you know um, you don't disappoint yourself yeah yeah um, having the maturity to take take one for the team <laughs> well something else the book talks about is in the same vein is like most people are self centered and so you're worried about what they think of you, but they're worried about what others are thinking of them. So right. you missing the dinner party felt like a big, bigger deal to you than to anyone at that dinner party. Like, right. So right. that's an important thing to keep in mind too, I think. And that is something good for kids to keep in mind is like, when you go to school wearing something that you're worried is not cool, or you like most people are not looking at you. They're only worried about what they're wearing. Oh gosh. When I was 21, my first therapist told me, um, I was worried about, I don't know what it was, but I was thinking about everybody in Oxford and I don't want them to be thinking this or thinking that. And he's like, Jerome, everybody's got their head too far up their own ass to be given a damn about what you're thinking or what you're doing. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so true. Yeah. I'm like, well, of course he didn't mean that. He didn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I do think, you know, some people like you, you have an outsized personality, outsized influence on your environment. So you may not be able to get away with that as much as a, a kind of normal person like me. <laughs> like I think people are watching you and wondering what you're doing and wondering what you might think of them, you know? Well, I, that, I, I, man, I just don't, I just think what it, the world would be like if everybody was engaging the world like that five-year-old, you know, mm. and oh, yeah how safe we would all feel and um if there was this i mean if we were that co-regulated you know yeah and that communal i agree and that is the communal part is another piece of this book of um of like and this is more the adlerian aspect so the adler for adler his theory was that community isn't just the people like friends or family, the people that we spend time with in our immediate world, but the global community that encompasses everything and everyone. And so this idea is, 
you should find fulfillment through developing yourself as part of this huge community and how we fit in. And the more you pay attention to the things around you and begin to care about the global community, yeah. the better your life will be. Oh, when I was running, I was thinking about this book and and what you just said and wondering like, man, you know, it's like, what if we just do the, if if um, Biden tells his buddies like, look, you know, we're going to do this electric car thing. Yo, come on. Let's just, let's, you know, just, you know, what if you just, you know, didn't serve your wallet and you For one minute. <laughs> I mean, I had the most amazing experience in my own practice this week because my colleagues, my, um, the, that own the practice, um, decided the, the board decided that we were going to be a practice that, uh, allowed Juneteenth to be a paid holiday and it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. And, um, and being on the side of history that resonates through and through with wellness, you know, it's that yeah. it's not just about blood work. It's about the weathering effect that the environment can take on a patient and taking a stab at like, Hey, the, this is, let's change the environment. Let's, let's make this environment and possibly this will help. And I was just, just moved by that, you know, yeah. I don't think that it's the most popular thing and it's not even necessary to do in Tennessee. Right. Yeah. That's a yeah. big, that's a major step. Oh yeah. Say. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel good for you and where you work. Oh yeah. I, there were two other black physicians that uh, spoke at the meeting along with me and um, so when they voted, we we stepped out and we were getting on the elevator. And um, I mean, we hugged because we couldn't believe it Aww. felt so, um, it, it really was a really special moment huh. when they all, when the all eyes, everybody voted, I, wow. you know, and felt, I was like, oh my God. That's so cool. <laughs> and you probably never would have predicted that would have been such a cool moment. Nah, nah. Because that isn't I never, your kind of I thing. I did not know that it would be emotional for me. Yeah. I was thinking, all right, if I leave here by seven, I can go do the stairs at the park. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And it turned into a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's so beautiful. Cool. So, you know the courage to do the unpopular thing. And, you know, I even found myself, you know, speaking, being mindful of those who might not find this to be, um, that might, might, it might not resonate with them. They might like think like, okay, more the same. And, um, and I just thought like, well, you know, it's, it's, don't worry about those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? For the greater good. Like you know, That's right. That's right. You know, maybe they'll have a change of heart because these providers, your provider, your doctor has so much influence on you 
And your doctor oh, yeah. has said, I won't be here on Wednesday, Juneteenth, or I won't be here on Monday because Juneteenth's on Sunday and I'm observing it. And so my practice will be closed. That's and the huge. rippling effect yeah. of that, you know, that conversation. Obviously, especially with the white doctors, right? Like, right, right. Yeah. Right. It's like, I didn't think my doctor, you think he's a Jew? Not, I didn't even. <laughs> God. Well, we'll just keep right on with over that one. <laughs> um, well, there, there is a quote, a specific quote from the book on this, on this courage to be disliked thing that I, that has a little moment in it that I think is super nice. And so the quote is, the courage to be happy also includes the courage to be disliked. When you have gained that courage, your interpersonal relationships will all at once change into things of lightness. Mm -hmm. And I just love that idea of, um, of taking the weight off, you know, yeah. like, that's right. I mean, there's something so appealing. I mean, life is hard, right? We're, yeah. and, and to think that something that seems like it would be hard could actually make your life a lot lighter and easier. Um, it's, it is the reason that I am such a proponent of the total, of the doctrine of total depravity, that you're flawed, that you do screwed up stuff and you're still lovable and um and god loves you anyway and right. i just think that you know when you lean into things that bring you shame or things that the difficult things it dissipates you know the yeah. uh, the, the 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 toxicity around it as a matter of fact whenever you move forward you get just a bit of a dopamine squirt some because you are rewarded, your body rewards you for moving forward and towards mm. difficult things. Oh, well, that is a great um, segue because there was another quote in here that's actually an Adler quote that's in the book that says, children who have not been taught to confront challenges will try to avoid all challenges. Right. And so I think that's, uh, that's really interesting to think about that you know, kind of doing the hard thing makes it easier to do the next hard thing. It's like that's a muscle. Right. Yeah, that's right. And it, it suppresses your fierce activity in the fear center when you move forward doing the harder thing. Right. And because you're doing the harder thing, your brain also gives you some of that reward juice, gives you some of that dopamine. But as long as you're, you know, that's why they believe the neuroscientists believe that you know uh fight circuitry is different from flee or freeze circuitry right oh that's so interesting yeah well, isn't it so interesting well i think i mean the obviously we've gone over a bunch of different topic areas with this book there's a lot in there and a lot to chew on but the the big takeaway that i thought that actually Jerome and I both came to separately um, was about this global community idea and, and specifically in the book, the, the idea that don't think in terms of what the world can give to you, 
think about what you can give to the world. And that's what will give you that freedom to be happy. And um, I just think that, again, talking to kids, it's not going to make sense to them right away. But again, planting those seeds of what can you give the world? What can your contribution be? Take the, the, the focus off of yourself and you will flourish and blossom. I think yes. it's a beautiful yes. seed to plant. And mine was more of a billboard that would say, take the L if it saves the world. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think parents ought to, uh, listen to that too. Um, it's like modeling for their kids. Okay, I'm going to take the L on that. You're right. I dropped the ball. I take the L. I'm going to take the L. You know, that's a nice little um, take the L is a could be a nice little code within your own family. Like, because it's really code, because in your own family, taking the L is really about I am loyal, not a loser. <laughs> but I am loyal to something bigger than myself. Oh, good one. Yeah. I and like that's that. a secret talk you have with your kid over some watermelon fruget. <laughs> it's, well, does I, that have alcohol in it? What? That watermelon fruget. Is it, you know, that frozen watermelon stuff? I don't know that. It sounds delicious though. It's, I saw, it's a drink that I was looking at on, um, on this menu and I was like, man, that sounds so good. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if, if it always has to have alcohol in it, but um, that, yeah. Well, just anyway. make sure you order your kids a mock watermelon friget if you're oh, <laughs> yeah. having the talk over. <laughs> well, I, I love this book. Highly recommend it. Like we said, there's so many interesting ideas in here and this, um, yeah, this kind of getting outside your own brain, getting outside your own self-interest, I think is super important for kids yes. to keep in mind. And yes, um, I love yes. chatting with getting you. Your, pulling your head out of your tail, even if it feels good, you know, to be full of yourself. It's like, that too probably is a conversation with your kid. It feels so great to be full of yourself. Yeah. And it, you know, and use that energy to, you know, do something good for somebody else. Yeah. I think that's great. Well, thank you for taking this journey with me, Jerome, for the oh, courage to yes. be disliked. I loved it. I loved it. I loved great it. Great to see you. And we'll see you all next time. Be peace, be love, boo. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.